everything around us ourselves is two parts to it one is the appearance what is one is out of form what it looks like and the other is its reality the outer form that too is important that too has a lot of value but only provided that the reality is with the form one is the outer form of a beautiful fruit you look at it from a distance it looks very tempting very appetizing very delicious so the form is there and the form is very excellent but then when a person picks it up to eat it it realizes it's plastic so the outer form is there but the reality is not with it it's useless it is good to look at it for a while but then nothing there's an outer form of a lion somebody has stuffed one lion as a showpiece so now it's dead it's just the form and the shape of the lion in some zoo or wherever it is but anybody who knows the child also knows that this is just a stuffed lion is looking very much real looking very fierce as a person stands there you can see like this is going about to pounce on him but the child also knows this is dead the reality is not with it the form is there but there's no reality with it so the child also also try and put his hand inside the mouth what is the lion going to do so that form of it is of no use if the reality is not with it the reality is there that even if it is a half dying lion it's three quarter dead but there's still some life in it a person would be very very wary of coming close to it because in that quarter life of it also you don't know it might just take the last pounce in its life and its last pounce i may be gone a person as long as there's some reality with it don't take a chance so the most important thing is that reality that essence within then that outer form will become valuable also but if that is out then it's of not, not going to help at all it's just going to be a little bit of maybe to look at it that's it insan also allah taala has created this form this shape this appearance of insan and this is very important as well this too is an amanat from allah tabaraka wa taala it has to be cared for a person can't decide to take his own life he'll be guilty of a serious crime of suicide so even this outer form is important very important but within this form number one is the life but just that life alone that doesn't make this insan valuable in the sight of allah taala 
that if this life is there, but the person lived his life in a way which is far away from Allah Ta'ala's commands, without iman, without the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala says there's no value. This person is now worthy of being thrown into the fire of Jahannam. No value. But if that reality of iman is inside the person, and together with that iman, the sifat and the attributes and the qualities of iman are in that person, then this person becomes extremely valuable in the court of Allah Ta'ala, in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, even in this dunya and obviously in the akhirat. Then this person becomes so valuable to Allah Ta'ala, so beloved to Allah Ta'ala, in the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned that the last person to go to Jannah, the last person, but he had that reality of Iman, he had Iman within him, the last person to go to Jannat will be granted a Jannat ten times the size of this world. Ten times the size of this entire world. The last person. The one before that will get obviously bigger. And the ones who are long before that, what size Jannat they'll get? This is how valuable he becomes. Why? Because of something inside. Otherwise outside, by that time the chance was there to bring Iman, to bring Amal. But that wasn't done then that's condemned forever. The person left this dunya without Iman is condemned forever. So the whole effort is to bring those qualities inside. That is what makes a person valuable. In the Quran Sharif also, in many ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala highlights these sifat, these qualities. This is what makes a person. Inna Allah yuhibbul ladheena Inna Allah ma'al ladheena attaqaw Allah Ta'ala is with those who have taqwa. Every person wants the help of Allah Ta'ala. Where will the help come? It will come on sifat, on qualities. The person who has qualities, he'll gain it. Which quality? Those who have taqwa in their lives. And those who do good, righteousness. They have this quality of ihsan. They connect themselves with Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's help is with them. So the help, the promise of Allah Ta'ala on sifat. So iman, iman is essential. But together with iman, this sifat to gain the blessings of Allah Ta'ala even in dunya. That iman otherwise will certainly take a person to jannat one day. That iman will take him to jannat, no doubt, 100%. But if that sifat and those qualities are lacking, then even in dunya the person will be deprived of Allah Ta'ala's help. And due to the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, even in dunya the person will have to suffer, despite the iman. And Allah forbid even in the akhirat he might have to go through the cleansing process, before he finally ends up in jannat. So Allah Ta'ala says, Inna Allah Ta'ala is with those who have taqwa. Taqwa is right through the Quran Sharif. Every place we find this is the lesson, repeatedly, the lesson of Taqwa. Whether it comes to Salah, Taqwa demands that now the person performs the Salah. That's Taqwa. It comes to fasting, Zakat, whatever other commands of Allah Ta'ala, to fulfill that, that is a demand of Taqwa. To stay away from Haram, that is a demand of Taqwa. Not to do anything that will displease Allah Ta'ala. That is what taqwa is all about. To be always conscious that Allah Ta'ala is watching. 
Allah Ta'ala is aware that is taqwa. To be all the time concerned, how am I going to answer for this action of mine on the day of Qiyamah? For this word that I've just said, can I answer for this on the day of Qiyamah? Why you said this? Was it said? Was this something correct to say? Was this something hurtful to somebody? Without any reason you said this and you hurt somebody? Was this something that was true or it was a lie? What was it? That concern, what answer I will give on the day of Qiyamah? Imam Abu Yusuf, the very great personality, great faqih, muhaddith, the student of Imam Abu Hanifa, he was the Qazi al-Quzad, the chief justice in the time of Harun Rashid. Very great king, pious king too. But nevertheless, king was a pious person. On a general note, he was somebody with very good qualities as well. In any case, one day he, Qazi Abu Yusuf, Imam Abu Yusuf, he is seated in court and one and Harun Rashid, the king, is also present. An old poor person comes in. Now this person comes in and he makes a claim. He says, well, I've come to lay a case, open a case. I've come to make a claim. A claim, what's your claim? He says, well, the claim is that the king has usurped, has taken away my orchard. That orchard belongs to me and he has usurped it. So he says that you have any evidence? Well, I don't have any evidence. First, Imam Abu now the king is seated there, so he asked the king that this is the charge, this is the claim this person is making against you. What is your reply? What is your response to this? He says, I totally deny any such thing. I have never taken anything belonging to this person. Whatever I have in my possession, I have what belongs to me. I haven't taken anything from him. So now, the burden of proof lies on the claimant that where's your evidence you're making a very big claim you're claiming the king usurped he snatched away, took away your farm your orchard, so where's your proof for this he says well I haven't got any proof I can't present any evidence so now if the claimant can't present any evidence then too though outwardly that is where everything must finish off because he can't prove something he came and claimed anything any person can just claim anything. You just make a claim. People just make claims for anything. But then he will be able to prove the claim. But Sharia goes one step beyond that. If he cannot prove the claim, then the opposite party is put to an oath. He is made to take a qasam. Take an oath. That I take an oath that what this person is claiming is false. I am not guilty of that. I haven't taken his item. I don't have any possession of his. Basically, he has to take that oath. Now, imagine the situation. Here's the king, and such a mighty king that his kingdom was perhaps the biggest kingdom that ever existed at the time. Once he's sitting in his balcony, and one cloud is passing. So he's addressing the cloud, addressing the cloud, and saying to the cloud, obviously, the cloud is not going to hear anything. But he says, addressing the cloud. And he says, you can go and rain wherever you wish. The benefit of that rain will come in my treasury. In other words, no matter how far you go and rain, that rain will bring crops. And whatever the benefit of those crops are, 
and one percentage of it comes to the state, that crops also will still be in my territory. And therefore that benefit will also come into my treasury. So it doesn't matter you don't rain here, you can go rain far away also. Meaning so far his kingdom had expanded. Said that the sun would not set in his kingdom. But somewhere it's sunrise already. So in any case, such a mighty king, and he's seated there. And Harun Rashid now has already denied this claim. This person doesn't have any evidence and any proof. Qazi Abu Yusuf, Imam Abu Yusuf, says the king, but now it's your responsibility to take the oath. You are being put to oath now, you must take the oath. So in any case, he took the oath, because now he is under instruction. Instruction from who? Instruction from his subordinate, from somebody who is under him. In any case, he takes the oath. This incident came and went. Time passed. Imam towards the latter part of his life now, he's on the tail end of his life, he's about to, on his deathbed almost. And he's saying, my whole life something has been troubling me. And it's troubling me now as well. And I'm very afraid. You're afraid of what? He says that incident when I was in court, I had to be passing judgment. And that old person came, simple person came, and he laid a claim against the king. That case is troubling me. So the people were familiar with it because that became quite a big thing that the king now was asked to take an oath. It's not a small thing. He's being instructed. So he said, but what, what's concerning you about that? You meted out justice. The person made a claim. He couldn't prove his claim, but you still put the king to oath. You put the king to oath. It's not a small thing. And you did what was necessary, you did what was right. You didn't shy away from that. What was necessary, you did it. He says, no, you don't understand what I'm talking about. I'm still very afraid. I'm very afraid that at that time, when this person claimed, came, he came as a claimant. So he made a claim. And Harun Rashid was the king, but he was now the defendant. The claim was against him. At that time, being the king, I didn't have the heart to tell him that, look, you must come down from your chair and stand alongside this person. I'm concerned on the day of Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala will ask me about this. That why didn't you call the king also and put him on the same level? Though that was his subject, he was a king, whatever it is. Now this is a concern about Akhirat. This is taqwa. I said something, I'll be questioned about it. I did something, I'll be questioned about it. Now this person did something on such a high level of justice. And at that time, this just now didn't happen, he didn't get to do it, to get the king to come down and stand alongside him. But now this is concerning him. Whereas no injustice was done to anybody. This is taqwa. This is the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. This is that consciousness of accountability. On the day of Qiyamah I'm going to be asked what you said, what you did, where you went, how you conducted your life. Now this is that quality, that sifat, that attribute inside that makes a person, that makes him beloved in the sight of Allah. In the Quran Sharif, in many, many ayat, these are the things that Allah Ta'ala keeps highlighting. Allah Ta'ala loves those with these sifat. Some ways on the negative end. Inna Allah la yuhibbu kulla mukhtalin fakhur. 
Allah Ta'ala doesn't love a boastful and a proud person. Allah Ta'ala doesn't love a boastful and a proud person. So the opposite is being told to us at the same time. Allah Ta'ala loves a humble person. A person who humbles himself. He doesn't have any pride in him. He doesn't be boastful. Allah Ta'ala loves such a person. So this is the very important thing to develop these sifat, these qualities. And among all the qualities that are extremely important, everything is very important obviously. But some are more serious than others. Among all these sifat, one is adal, what a person has to acquire, justice. We just discussed something about justice. And the other quality that he must clear his life out, must be far away from, is the opposite of justice, injustice. To the extent that a person will be upholding justice, this is also a very great quality that keeps taking him closer to Allah Ta'ala. And injustice, zulm, this brings difficulties, calamities, hardships, even in dunya, let alone what is in akhirat. The Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says that there are two things that there isn't anything that is faster in bringing its good effects than doing favors for people and joining family ties. Meaning even in let alone akhirat, it brings its good, it brings its rewards, it brings its positive effects in dunya already. There's nothing else faster than this. In bringing it good, its good effects, right in dunya already, then joining family ties and doing favors for people. How it brings its good, how it brings the reward, Allah Ta'ala is not confined to anything. Allah Ta'ala is not bound. It has to come in a certain way. Allah Ta'ala is system is beyond our comprehension. How that good comes to a person, how it saves him from so many problems and difficulties, how it takes him ahead in life. Sometimes that good may not become evident in his life, but it takes his progeny's way ahead. He might think, well, what happened out of it? But out of it, his progeny, his children, his grandchildren, they will benefit from it. In Surah Al-Kahf, Allah Ta'ala mentions the incident of Hazrat Musa and Hazrat Khidr alayhi salatu salam. And on that note, the journey that they went along, it's a lengthy incident. One of the incidents that happened was they were passing through somewhere, there was a wall that was about collapsing. Musa alayhi salatu salam is now the people of that place, they didn't even entertain them, they didn't give them anything to eat, they were hungry, tired. So Khizr sees his wall about collapsing, he goes and fixes it up. As a mojiza, it was almost a karamat, he just puts his hand past it and it comes right. Musa Islam objects that these people were so, uh, they were so unkind, they didn't even entertain us in any way, give us something to eat at least. We are hungry, we are travelers, there's nothing available for us to take over on our own. You could have at least charged them a fee for this, you could have bought some food with that. So Khizr said, look now, you go your way, I go my way, but let me explain to you what happened. Then he explains to him the reason for all the things that happened. As far as this wall was concerned, 
This wall belonged to two orphans. And under this wall was buried a treasure. This treasure belonged to them. These children were still very small when the father was now had passed away. Before that he buried this treasure under the wall. That in case something happens to him, this treasure doesn't get looted. And those children don't get deprived. Allah now wished that this wall should be fixed up and it doesn't fall now so that this treasure doesn't become exposed and people don't loot it. Now when the children will grow up someday and they can take care of it themselves, Allah will make it get exposed. But in that, Allah says in the Quran Sharif, وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا Now this was a miraculous arrangement, such a great arrangement, divine arrangement. Allah Ta'ala made for the protection of this wealth. That Allah Ta'ala sent a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala and another very pious servant of Allah Ta'ala on a journey to come past here. So that they will pass here, they will see this wall falling, they will fix it up. Allah Ta'ala is making this divine arrangement, not coincidence. There's no coincidence here. Allah Ta'ala made this arrangement. The dunya is a place of asbab. So Allah Ta'ala makes it happen generally by asbab, by means. But what means? Allah Ta'ala is making such means that Allah Ta'ala is sending these two pious servants, a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala and a Wali of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is sending them to come and fix his wallah. And why? Allah Ta'ala says, we did all this, وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا Now literally translated, their father was a pious person. Some Mufassirin explain, Abuhuma actually refers here to their great-grandfather. Which great-grandfather? seven generations up. He was a person of piety. He was a person of righteousness, person of kindness, a person of compassion, person of good qualities. Now that good qualities, what it did for him, seven generations down, Allah Ta'ala is making this miraculous arrangement for the protection of those children's wealth. Every person is concerned, my children, grandchildren, and I must earn so much that my great-great-grandchildren also, I can save something for them. More than all those earnings, we have to bring righteousness in our lives. That righteousness, not no harm in earning halal sustenance and saving something up to, or saving something for our children to, Allah there hasn't forbidden that. Not a problem, provided it's within the limits. But more than all that, if we bring deen in our lives, we bring righteousness and piety in our lives. We bring shifat in our lives. Not just the surah, not just the outer form of things. We bring the realities. We bring the reality in our lives. That reality will become the means of the protection of our children also. Those shifat will become the means of the protection of our grandchildren also. But to bring the shifat alive. Bring the shifat in our lives. وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا Allah says their father and the explanation of this actually Mufassirin says seven generations of great great grandfather this was his piety that was coming down his goodness his righteousness his good qualities those sifat so on the one hand this aspect of adal justice so to the extent that a person will remain just Allah loves this justice and Allah Ta'ala takes a person way ahead with this justice. But the thing to be very, very afraid about is this injustice, the opposite.
injustice in an ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala, in many ayat in fact. Allah Ta'ala spells out some very concerning thing for us. That a person sometimes thinks, well, in dunya, I'll get away, let's see, whatever happens will happen. But as Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا بَغْيُكُمْ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ Your injustice will come to you, will come back on you. Say, come back to bite you. That's what injustice is all about. One is in the akhirat. In the akhirat that is clear, it's obvious that if a person hasn't settled things, the injustice he did in dunya will take away all his good deeds in the hereafter. That very well-known well hadith which we hear over and over again on the day of Qiyamah, Nabi Islam asked the Sahaba, you'll know who is a muflis, bankrupt person, person down and out. They said the down and out bankrupt person, somebody doesn't have any wealth, any property, anything. Nabi Islam said, no, I'm not talking about him. The bankrupt person of my ummah is a person who will come with a lot of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. He'll come with a lot of salah, fasting, hajj, charity, a lot of good deeds. But he had committed zulm. He had committed injustice. He swore at somebody, he slandered somebody, he usurped somebody's wealth, and he hit somebody, he killed somebody, all these kind of injustices he did. What will be the end result? The day of Qiyamah, all those who he had done any injustice to, they will come and claim that you pay back now. On the day of Qiyamah, there's no rands and cents, no pounds, dollars. On the day of Qiyamah, it's a'mal. Now he has to dish out all his a'mal. Said something to this person, hurt his feelings, that was an injustice. Give him so much a'mal. This person, some injustice in terms of his wealth, give him so much a'mal. One dirham, the equivalent of one dirham, like a few rands, eight, ten rands maybe, or more little bit, whatever it might be, few rands basically. 500 accepted salah due to him. 500 accepted salah, subhanallah. Now this is the end result of that injustice on the day of Qiyamah. And in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, just as we mentioned the first part, that there isn't anything that brings the good and the reward in this world already faster than joining family ties and the aspect of kindness, doing favors. Likewise, Nabi Islam says, there isn't anything faster in bringing punishment in this dunya, bringing difficulties and hardships in this dunya already, than injustice and breaking of family ties. Injustice and breaking of family ties is nothing that brings difficulties and hardships faster than this. Now this injustice, doing things that hurt people, that cause harm to others, planning and plotting against people, all this planning and plotting also. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says that Salasum man kunna fahunna raja'atun ala sahibiha. The three things, if a person is involved in these three things, is going to rebound. Three things rebound. What are those three things that rebound? One aspect Nabi Islam mentioned, injustice. The other is deception, planning and plotting against somebody. How to bring the person's downfall, how to hurt him in some way, how to cause some harm to him. And breaking treaties and pacts, this rebounds. There was one incident 
that happened many centuries ago in the time of one king there was one person who was in his among his very close people Ahmad bin Tulun very pious person also Rahmatullahi Alayhi now he was close to the king one day the king sent him now this is Allah Ta'ala's nizam Allah Ta'ala's system Allah Ta'ala has set a system but it's unseen he doesn't can't see exactly how it happens but sometimes Allah Ta'ala makes it visible also for Ibrat for us to take a lesson so now this person Ahmad bin Tulun the king told him gave him some errand to do and for that errand he had to go to the king's personal quarters so now perhaps whatever the situation was there so he had to go there that was the instruction now when he went there just by chance he happened to see now that he just walked into a situation and the king's slave woman she was involved in haram with one of the other people of the house one of the servants of the household he happened to just stumble on this he in any case just turned away and came away he didn't say anything to anybody but they also noticed him now this slave woman she was convinced that he is going to come and complain to the king about what he saw so in order to try and turn away the attention in order to try and save herself what she did before he could get there she quickly somehow got to the king beforehand and she made up a story and the story she made that when this person came you sent him apparently to the palace to come and do whatever but he suddenly saw me there he was trying to molest me now she is creating a she's accusing him falsely slandering him to save her own life and she said it in such a way in such a convincing manner in such a forceful way that the king got convinced so now when he got convinced about it he kept quiet he didn't say anything so ahmad bin tulun rahmatullahi comes after a while so the king carries on like normal like nothing happened then after some time he gives him one letter he says take this letter the certain place that person who's there is one of the governors of the place you go and give him this letter so very well he took the letter and he set out now as he's leaving the same slave woman is outside there somewhere now she's still trying to make what her story is make it more believable now what her whole intention was she was aware now this person soon or later is going to come out of the court so now her whole intention was that she's going to try to get him engaged in some kind of talk or something so that perhaps the king might just witness this too he might believe her story more that there's this person again is trying to talk to this woman trying to now maybe get his evil doing again so now in that process she is now insisting that i got some urgent thing to write please write this for me she says no i can't i have to go and deliver this letter of the king to so and so person now she says no you please do this and that job i will get somebody else right now to do it and she insists she calls somebody and she gives that person the letter that person goes away ahmad bin tulun now doesn't well any case now this was like part of the king's household this slave woman so he wrote that something but meanwhile this was just no need for it 
She just made him write some letter that she needed to. He wrote it and he went away. Later that, the next day, that governor sends a tray covered to the king. What was written on that letter? What was written on the letter, when the bearer of this letter comes to you, don't ask him anything, kill him and send his head to me. That tray came with the head of that servant, the person who took the letter. And the king is looking at this and he's totally astounded. And after a while, Ahmad bin Tulun walks in. Now he was expecting that he's going to be the one taking this letter. Who ended up being the person taking this letter? That person who was involved with this woman. He happened to be passing that time. She was trying to save herself and put this Ahmad bin Tulun in trouble, get him killed. The person who was the reason for all the problems got killed. And all this got exposed. Now when he came, so the king wanted to know what happened here. So he explained what happened. That this is what happened. She insisted I must write this. She insisted on taking this letter. But why she would insist all this? Well, she was covering up the story. This is what I saw. And she was trying to cover up the story. Now the king realized the truth. That an evil plan backfires on the person who is making the plan. It rebounds on the one who is trying to... Somebody digs a hole for another person, he'll end up falling in it. He's trying to bring somebody else down, he'll fall before him. Allah Ta'ala wants us to have clean hearts. To be well-wishing for everybody. Not trying to harm anyone. Yusuf Salam. His brothers plotted and planned and whatever else to drop him. They dropped him physically deep down in the well. But what happened at the end of the day? He ascended to the heights and there to come in front of him like beggars. That that evil plan rebounds on the one making that plan. Allah Ta'ala's nizam, this is something which we have to be very cautious that we don't think that dunya will get away with anything. No, it comes. And sometimes when it comes, when it really comes back, then there's no chance. Allah Ta'ala gives some respite, a person did something, okay, Allah Ta'ala gives some respite, he will make toba and go and make amends, go sort it out, go and return whatever the eatings are, seek the person's forgiveness. But a person continues, persists, becomes more proud, more arrogant, and carries on recklessly, doesn't think anything, doesn't feel, well, what's, life is carrying on. Well, what happened to me? Nothing happened to me. Life is carrying on. Allah forbid that life is not just carrying on, that life is hurtling down. But just that it doesn't seem like anything is happening. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us, suddenly the person falls off the cliff. Now it's too late. This is the lesson we need to take. We need to bring the sifat in our life. Bring that justice, bring that honesty, Bring that compassion, that kindness. Bring that fear of Allah Taala, the accountability on the day of Qiyamah. All these shifat, all these qualities. This is what's going to make our dunya also a place of good for us. And dunya is after all dunya. Dunya is a place of challenges too. Dunya is a very temporary place. Today we hear, today we go on sometimes. How often a person we saw him one hour ago and then before the hour is over we already heard he's passed away too. He was healthy, fit, walking, talking, he's gone. The real place is Akhirat. We have to prepare for that Akhirat. We have no idea how soon our Akhirat might start. We have to therefore make Tawbah from whatever mistakes we might have made in the past. 
and come back to Allah Tabarakah wa Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's doors of mercy are wide open. Allah Ta'ala's doors of rahmat are waiting. Allah Ta'ala's doors of maghfirat are waiting. But, malam yugharrir. As soon as the pangs of death start, it's too late. When that will happen, we have no idea. Now is the time to make the tawbah. Now is the time to make amends. Now is the time to come back to Allah Tabarakah wa Ta'ala. In this way, we will get the good of dunya also. And the main thing is the everlasting good of akhirat. May Allah Tabarakah wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil We'll make zikr for a few minutes and then do inshallah. reported in the Hadith Sharif it is reported in the Hadith Sharif that Rasulullah said that the person recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah what this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of doing good actions and save him from all kinds of wrong and evil <coughs> this will become the means of this very great honor on the day of Qiyamah. So therefore, inshallah, we should try daily to recite La ilaha illallah a hundred times. And in this way, inshallah, we'll get this very great bounty. When saying La ilaha, then imagine at that time that we have taken all the ghayrullah, everything that distracts us from Allah Ta'ala, all the evil, all the filth, all the haram, all the illicit things, whatever wrongs there are there in our heart, we have taken everything and thrown it out. Like filth and dirt, we've thrown everything out. And illallah, there is this noor that is settling in the heart, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala. Beside the Ruchari. La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah, sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi. وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله La ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha لا إله إلا الله 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 ل
haram and the sins, ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, forgive us, ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, remove the suffering of the ummah, ya Allah. Remove the pain of the ummah, ya Allah. Remove the hardships from the ummah, ya Allah. Remove the oppression from the ummah, ya Allah. Remove the hunger of the ummah, ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, ya Allah. Allah, blow the winds of hidayat, ya Allah. Blow the winds of hidayat, ya Allah. Grant us in the entire ummah the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat, ya Allah. Save us in the entire ummah from that which bring down your azab, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, give us a tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jama'ah, ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily, ya Allah. Enable us to make your zikr daily, ya Allah. Enable us to talk to you in dua daily, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the tawfiq of fulfilling all the laws of deen, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the sins and vices, ya Allah. Cleanse us from all the haram, Ya Allah. Remove from us from our lives all the evils and vices, Ya Allah. Remove the pride, the jealousy, the malice, Ya Allah. Remove all the love of the dunya, Ya Allah. Remove the love of the ego, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the zina of the eyes, Ya Allah. Save us from the zina of the ears, Ya Allah. Save us from the evils of the tongue, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the sins of the heart, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Remove the love of dunya from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the love of all the evils and vices from our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with love of the Qur'an Sharif, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Salah, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the efforts of Deen, Ya Allah. Use us in our progeny till Qiyamah for the effort of Deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fill our hearts with the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to live his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, grant us istiqamat on Deen, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on Deen, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on Deen, Ya Allah. Save us from all the deviations, Ya Allah. Save us from all the isms, Ya Allah. Keep us on sirat mustaqim Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. All those are sick, give them complete shifa and afiyat, Ya Allah. Remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, those are in financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us shifa from all our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Grant us shifa from our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have passed away from our families throughout the ummah, Ya Allah. All the mu'mineen, mu'minat who have passed away, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in Jannatul Firdaus, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, at the time of Odeh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on Iman Kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbat and Nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at a time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us death, Ya Allah, in a condition of righteousness, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us death in a condition of Salah, Ya Allah. Grant us death in a condition of your obedience, Ya Allah. Grant us death in your Mubarak lands, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from the deception of Shaitan at that time, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect and safeguard us at that time, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Make our covers guard of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us your true believers, Ya Allah. Make us people with shifat, Ya Allah. Grant us the noble and beautiful qualities, Ya Allah. Remove all the evil qualities from our lives, Ya Allah. 
Grant us that kindness and compassion, Ya Allah. Grant us that adil and justice, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant us forgiveness and compassion, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant us the humility, Ya Allah. Grant us all the beautiful and noble qualities, Ya Allah. Save us from every bit of injustice, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from all kinds of deception, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you keep us steadfast on all the righteous actions, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all the work of deen that is taking place, accept it, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of your deen coming alive, Ya Allah. Make it a means of us becoming true believers, Ya Allah. Make it a means of gaining your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of gaining our maghfirat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of the ummah coming back onto the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah. All those who have aspired that you should make dua for them, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah. You are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's dies needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove all the hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Remove the sorrow, the grief, the depression, the anxiety, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill the hearts with peace and tranquility, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with sukoon and itminan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, unite the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi begged for. Ya Allah, we all also asking for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you protect us as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم فتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله